Welcome to Women Crush Wednesday's podcast, presented by Nywift, New York Women in Film and Television. We connect with women working above and below the line within the moving image industry to talk about the latest news in entertainment, exciting new film and television projects, and upcoming Nywift events. Here are your hosts, Janine McGoldrick and Leah Kearney. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Women Crush Wednesdays. As always, I'm happy to be here with my co-host, Leah. Hi there. Hi, Janine. Hi, everybody. Well, we're changing things up with our mid-month episodes, and instead of a straight-up interview, we will be featuring some short stories sent in from our listeners about their firsthand experiences in the film and television industry. We also have a new Women Crush Wednesday spotlight, and Katie's Corner comes back providing updates on NYWIFT events and programming. Yeah. So first up, here is our podcast team member, January Green, with our Women Crush Wednesday Spotlight, featuring NYWIFT member, producer Dolores Edwards. Congratulations to NYWIFT member, Dolores Edwards. The television show she executive produces, entitled Basic Black, recently received the Governor's Award from the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, New England chapter. Basic Black airs on PBS and WGBH in Boston and is the longest running program on public TV that focuses on the interests of people of color. The program was created in 1968 during the height of the Civil Rights Movement as a response to the demand for public television programs reflecting the concerns of communities of color. Dolores Edwards, your Nywift family applauds the work that you and your team continue to produce for Basic Black. Congratulations, Dolores. Oh, so inspiring. Listeners, if you want to nominate a NYWIFT member for our Women Crush Wednesday Spotlight, reach out to us. Uh, you can contact us at communications at NYWIFT.org. Great. Well, now it's story time. We all <laughs> learn from shared experiences. So we asked you, women working in entertainment, to tell us about your most memorable career moments, your biggest mistakes or disappointments, or your most bizarre, funny onset happenings. Uh, and our first story comes from an actress and filmmaker, Debbie Morgan, and she talks about finding a perfect, inexpensive restaurant location for a film shoot. Here's Debbie. Hi, my name is Debbie Morgan. My short comedy, Like Daughter, Like Mother, that was filmed last year, needed a restaurant for one of its locations. I contacted many restaurants in Brooklyn and Manhattan, and everyone wanted $5,000, which just wasn't in our budget. So I thought perhaps a restaurant in the theater district would be agreeable as they might be more inclined to support the arts. So one night before attending an off-Broadway show, I was having dinner at one of my favorite restaurant row places, the Hourglass Tavern. Their website says, quote, it's housed in a renovated brownstone built in 1894. Originally, there were tenants living in three small apartments, while the tavern housed only seven tables nestled on the first floor. The cozy confines necessitated the turning of an hourglass, end quote. 
It's a really charming and quaint restaurant, just one of those special places. So I was dining on their third floor, and I asked by any chance were they closed on Mondays, since we obviously needed a restaurant that wasn't open to the public, and it turned out the third floor was closed. The second floor, where the bar is located, was closed until 4.30 p.m., and the first floor was open. So my producer and I met with one of the owners, Beth Shyness, and she said a number of films were shot on the third floor and that all her friends tell her she should charge $5,000, but she feels anyone making an indie likely can't afford that. Well, she couldn't have been nicer and more accommodating. We ended up filming on the third floor from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., had the second floor till 4.30 p.m. for makeup, wardrobe, and meals, They fed our cast and crew of 25 people two meals. All of that for only $1,600. It was a perfect location. They were wonderful hosts, and it really just turned out great. So we're now playing the film festival circuit, but with the pandemic, many festivals are canceled, postponed, or online. So hopefully... Movie theaters will open again soon, but that's anybody's guess. Thanks so much, Debbie. It's really interesting how when you are searching and searching and searching and trying to find something and something like that just falls into your lap. It's it's such a wonderful little story for her to share with us. And, and very inspiring because I love that, you know, it's, it's easy to get discouraged and frustrated and, you know, anyone in this industry knows there's a lot of rejection involved. So it's lovely to hear about those moments where, um, you know, the, the unpredictable, unexpected, wonderful thing happens and, exactly. and things turn out better than you could have imagined. And so you, 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 find, you never know. You can find people who aren't in the entertainment industry to help you and to understand what it's like for struggling independent filmmakers who are on a budget and don't have a lot of money and want to support that and to find a, a restaurant like that who is so willing to go out of their way to help them out is, is really great. So never, never give up. There yeah. are people out there and um, you just never know. Exactly. Um, so next up, January Green returns and she's going to be narrating a story sent in from Fran Murphy, who's a 10 time Emmy winning producer from Washington, D.C. And she is going to tell us about an important assignment that she got as a newsroom freelancer. One story I love to tell is about an assignment I got as a newsroom freelancer. The news director wanted a story about misread mammograms. It had originally been assigned to a full-time producer, but she said she couldn't find any leads, so they gave it to me. I did a lot of reading about breast cancer and decided to take a look at court records to see if I could find any suits against radiologists for misread mammograms. There were many more than you might expect but it turned out to be a blind alley. Many phone calls later, I learned that if you won the suit, you were often subject to non-disclosure, and even if you won, sometimes you died anyway because your breast cancer had not been detected in a timely fashion. So I tried another avenue, hyperlocal newspapers. Eventually, I found an article about a woman in a nearby county who had won nearly half a million dollars from a national radiology lab. 
She had an unusual last name, which made her easy to find through local phone directories. And so I called everyone in that community with her last name and left messages. Days ticked by. I was actually in the airport in Dallas on another job, picking up my bags from the carousel when my phone rang. It was her. When she told me her name, my first words to her were, Oh my God, you're alive. Thank God. I was practically in tears. Eventually, the news director approved my travel to Florida, where she lived, and she told me her story in person. She had a history of breast cysts, and so she had gone to the local outlet of this radiology chain to have yet another mammogram. As she was leaving, she happened to see the technician looking at her breast images. She knew right away that this picture looked very different from her previous cysts. Later that week, the lab called to tell her it was just a benign cyst, but her chance glimpse at her mammogram nagged at her, so she scheduled a second at another radiologist. That mammogram confirmed her fears. She had breast cancer. When I met her, she was five years clean and clear and living well outside Tampa. She had survived the brush with death, which made each day sweeter. And the lesson we were able to pass on to viewers was to make sure the lab you use to get your mammogram specializes in breast cancer analysis. There are subtleties to mammograms that only those with this unique focus can detect. I will never forget Wendy and her escape from what could have been a deadly medical mistake. Well, thank you so much, Fran, for submitting that story. And thank you, January, for reading it. I, I, I just find that very um, uh, important and also kind of harrowing and, and touching at the sa- all at the same time. So really glad that we were able to share it today. Yes, it is. And it's so meaningful on so many levels. Number one, just the persistence she had in finding someone to tell the story that she was looking for and the inspiration and the reminder for all of us as women to make sure that we advocate for ourselves and make sure that we are looking out for ourselves because unfortunately mistakes are made. And, you know, uh, it's great to hear that this woman, Wendy, actually stood up for herself, made sure that she went for a second opinion and is now, you know, healthy and happy. And that's such a, a great story to hear. Yeah. And well, our last story comes from Sheena Rossiter, who hosts uh, Storylines, which is the podcast from our sister chapter, WIFT Alberta. And we're actually going to be partnering with Sheena on some upcoming content. Uh, So stay tuned for more in future episodes. But in the meantime, Sheena shares a funny anecdote from documentary filmmaker Rosvita Dransfeld, who is known for her cinema verite style documentary films, which are character driven and look at the human condition in its many forms. She recently talked with Sheena about her 2009 documentary feature, Broke, which uh, was set in a pawn shop, and it features the unlikely friendship between a cynic pawnbroker and a psychopath. So the moment she'll be speaking about took place at the film's screening when two audience members realized that they were watching a documentary rather than an actual film with actors. 
Now I have to tell a little anecdote from Broke. When Broke was premiered here in Edmonton at the Global Visions Film Festival, which is now Northwest Film, I think. After the screening, there was the typical Q&A. And I had um, the pawnbroker, David, and uh, his assistant, Chris Hort, on the stage. At that point, they did not like each other anymore. They had fallen out. David would stand in the far left corner and, uh, and and Chris would stand in the far right corner. At least they both showed up, I guess. They both showed up, yeah. They were keen enough to be there on the stage. Some questions were addressed to them and it was uh, quite a thing for me. So I was always going back and forth between them on the stage. And then at the very end of it, suddenly somebody stands up and he says, oh my God, I've got it. And you know, I thought I was just going to the movies, but now I realize you are real. These are real people, you and you. This is this is really what happened. This is really the, the life you have. This is what you do. Yep, and he was just blown away by it. So maybe for some, at least, it has a deeper meaning to watch a documentary if it's authentic and really is able to transport the emotions. Thank you so much, Sheena, for giving us that story. I think it's really hysterical that you have people coming into an audience looking to watch a film and the, her documentary style and her storytelling is so compelling that they actually think they're watching a, a fictional film instead of a documentary. And the moment <laughs> that they realized, oh, wait, this is real people. The, the two featured subjects in the documentary had a falling out. And by the time that they went and did this screening, they weren't speaking to each other. One was on one side, one was on the other, and she had to go back and forth. Those are things that as a filmmaker, <laughs> you kind of have to just run with. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, if you have a story that you would like to share, and um, please do, you can email either the audio recording or a written statement to communications at nywift.org. And we just ask that you please keep recordings, audio recordings to five minutes and written submissions to two pages. Names can be kept anonymous if you like, or uh, you can include your name. And uh, if you can also send in a burning question for our Ask Nywift segment, we'll answer it for you here on the podcast. We're going to take a brief pause here for a sponsor, and we'll be right back after the break. Have a question about fiscal sponsorship? Require advice on how to staff your crew? Maybe you need a recommendation for the best equipment rental in New York City. Well, ask NYWIFT. Email communications at nywift.org, and the podcast team will find the appropriate NYWIFT member to provide the answer. Your question and the response will be read on an upcoming episode. If you'd like your question handled anonymously, just let us know. Waiting to hear from you. And now it's time for Katie's Corner, where NYWIFT Community Engagement Director Katie Chambers brings you the latest info on upcoming events, resources, and opportunities from New York Women in Film and Television. Hey, Women Crush Wednesdays listeners, Katie Chambers here. Just wanted to stop by to give you a quick update on some great programs we have coming up on the NYWIFT calendar. Um, as you saw, I'm sure we 
you have noticed that we have shifted our scheduling around quite a bit. We have postponed some of our previously scheduled programs so that we could leave space to participate in the national conversation that's going on right now. We here are all devastated like you over the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and so many other victims of systemic brutality in our country. Um, And we want to honor and support the Black Lives Matter movement and give space in our programming calendar to have these important and difficult conversations about racial justice and how we can all move forward together and how media, film, and television can play a role in in that advocacy. So I hope that you had a chance last week to tune into the first of several talks that we have scheduled in regards to this movement. We had a really great conversation with filmmakers and activists who were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and also their life's work as activists and what they hope to see for the future. We had filmmakers Don Porter, Shala Lynch, Tammy Gold, and Yoruba Richen, who were all in conversation with our executive director, Cynthia Lopez. They're all award-winning documentary filmmakers who have addressed these issues throughout their careers. And in the future, they have projects in the work right now. So if you didn't see that, definitely check it out. We actually have the recording of it on our website at nywift.org. If you look at our NYWIFT programming goes digital hub. You can see the whole thing there. And I do hope that you will check it out. And whether or not you saw that one, I do hope you'll you'll join us for the next NYWIFT talks where we are still talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, but in this case, talking about inclusion and New York media arts organizations that have been long committed to supporting, inspiring, and training the diverse creative community um, for decades. We are going to be talking to representatives from Black Public Media, Third World Newsreel, Manhattan Neighborhood Network, Ghetto Film School, and Brown Girls Doc Mafia. That will be next Friday, June 26th at 1230. Do tune in. You can register at nyrift.org slash events. It's free and open to the public. Um, I do hope that you'll stop by to see the conversation. You will have the opportunity to ask questions of these incredible ladies in the chat. So bring your questions. We look forward to having you participate and stay tuned to future NYWIFT programs as we continue to talk about inclusion. We we do already have scheduled um, an event where we're doing a screening of Wild Nights with Emily, which is Madeline Olneck's amazing film about Emily Dickinson that we are screening in honor of Pride Month. So do check that out. That'll be a fun one on June 30th. And I also hope you will join us for the NYWIFT member screening. Our next installment of the screening is two documentaries, two short docs about artists from underrepresented communities. We are showing Cindy Anderson's incredible short film, Catherine Opie, born 1961, about the legendary queer photographer, and then showing Vivian Hernandez-Ortiz's American poet, Tato Laviera, about the Nairican poet, playwright, and activist from the Lower East Side. So that will be the last weekend in June. You can register on our website, nywif.org slash events, to receive links to the films, watch the films anytime that weekend, and then through the magic of the internet, join us on Zoom on Monday the 29th for a conversation with these two filmmakers about their work. So please stay tuned, stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you for our next few virtual conversations. Thanks, Katie. As you can see, lots of great stuff coming up uh, that you won't want to miss. So not to mention lots of great blog posts and uh, past 
digital programming available for viewing on the website. Uh, I'm so impressed, honestly, with, you know, just the not only is upcoming exciting opportunities available uh, for these events, but but so Nywift has made so many of them available for streaming if you're not able to attend live. So definitely check out the website. Right. And even if you're not a member, a lot of the programming you can see for free or you can just pay a small amount to attend or yeah. better yet, become a member. And yes. then that way you'll be hooked up with everything. So that's yeah, our suggestion. Not, <laughs> yeah, not to mention part of a, a community dedicated to to supporting women in the film and television and uh, lifting each other up, creating opportunities, creating connection. So yes, and that's so important in these days. Um, so yeah. before we go, we want to leave you with our recommendations uh, for the week. And I want to give a shout out to another podcast that I listen to daily. And they had an episode that I think is really timely, um, and is important for our community. Vox Media their Today Explained podcast had a recent episode called Copaganda, which talks about how cops are portrayed and have been portrayed on television um, since the dawn of the little tiny silver screen. Um, this has been obviously a hot topic recently, especially coming on the heels of the cancellation of the TV show Cops and Live PD in response to everything that's been happening with the Black Lives Matter movement recently. And the podcast talks with Washington Post writer Elisa Rosenberg and Aaron Rasheen Thomas, I think I got that name correct, um, who's the executive producer of the TV show SWAT. And they discuss how policing has been featured on TV and what needs to change. And Alyssa really hits it on the head when she says that if Hollywood wants to affect change, like they say they do, you know, there's a lot of talk, but is there going to be any action from, you know, big corporations that they can start with their current programming, like the Law and Order series and mm. Dick Wolf's, you know, Chicago shows. And I'm quoting here, quoting her here by saying, entertainment companies have much more direct power to shape the conversation about policing in America. And I think that's really true. And it's something that we've been discussing lately about the influence that the entertainment industry has um, over the culture of America. So it's a really thoughtful conversation and an important one for members of our industry to hear. So I recommend that everybody checks out Today Explained and the episode is Copaganda. Wow, fantastic. Thank you, Janine. Um, I'm definitely going to check that out. I hadn't heard of it before. Um, I <laughs> Something that's been making, that's been, I've been enjoying this week, and it is not particularly highbrow, but... Um, that's okay. Bring uh, it on. We, <laughs> we need yeah. entertainment and soothing we, things of all levels. <laughs> we do. Well, I don't know that it's soothing so much as intriguing and, oh, and well, fascinating for me. Because if you have Disney Plus, um, you may have watched uh, the new live-action Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Mm. Uh, I personally really enjoyed it. Um, you know, some of the episodes were better than others, but as a whole, I just I I really dug it. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I uh, I thought it was really well done on the small screen. Uh, but they've put together like an eight part series of behind the scenes. Uh, episodes basically like a little mini documentary about oh. the making of it and the very first one is um you know they they cover all all the different visual effects 
probably more about the history of Star Wars, but also the first episode is on the directors. There was, uh, the, I think maybe six or so directors that they put together. But as opposed to a lot of episodic TV, these directors all were involved. They, they, it seemed like it was a much more collaborative process. They were all involved in the creation of this show. And even though the episodes have a very distinct directorial feel and flavor, mm -hmm. they, the show as a whole feels very cohesive at the same time. And, and they just all have really interesting things to say. And it's a, a, a pretty diverse group of directors. Um, uh, Deborah Chow, Taika Waititi. Um, uh, I'm not going to remember all of them <laughs> now. Um, but, uh, and, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni who created the show. So if you are a, a fan of behind the scenes stuff like I am, uh, that's a really, uh, and if you enjoyed The Mandalorian, I, I recommend checking out the behind the scenes. Great. Well, thank you yes. for that. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, that is another episode of Women Crush Wednesdays from New York Women in Film. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please, as always, share with your friends, rate us, review us, and become a member and send in your stories and let us know what you've been working on. Yeah, and take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Don't miss any Women Crush Wednesday's episode. Subscribe today and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information on all the great programming and services from New York Women in Film and Television, go to nywift.org. That's N-Y-W-I-F-T dot org. Follow us on social media with the NYWIFT acronym and contact us at communications at nywift.org with any feedback, topic recommendations, or interview suggestions. Thanks and have a great day.